Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we are going to talk about inclusive learning, empowering special needs families in homeschool co-ops. And I have a returning guest, Don Jackson. Um, Don, I'm so happy to have you back again. And thank you for taking this very last minute um, (laughs) invite from me. But um, Dawn is an educational consultant and learning specialist. She's certified um, special education teacher with a master's in special education, certified in learning styles um, as a learning styles coach and a certified health coach. Dawn is the owner and director of Solomar Academy, a program for students who think outside of the box and for parents who want to support a system for curriculum, tutoring, parent education, and consulting, and collaborative and proactive solutions and coaching their child. Um, she also offers coaching for co-ops that are interested in creating environments that welcome and support students with disabilities and is in the process of creating an online program to do that. And I'm so, I think all of that has come to a head and has you thinking a lot about this and I'm super excited. But Donna is going to share some really, really practical tips with us today and I, I just can't wait um, to do that. So welcome back, Don. Nice to have you on the show again. Thank you, Peggy. I, I'm just so privileged to be here and I just love your work and all the people that you have on. They're amazing. And thank you. I appreciate this. Absolutely. Yes. So you had a little story for me um, as we were um, sharing kind of behind the scenes in the green room before we, we went live. Um, and we are live, by the way. I know I see you people popping on. If you have questions and comments, some of you sent them ahead of time. We're going to make sure we include those in the conversation as well. But if you have some about co-ops, um, experiences, things you want to share, um, just please put your, your comments, your questions in the feed. We would love to include those in the show. Um, we know sometimes this is kind of a hurting um, situation for some of you, and um, we just one, I want to come out ahead of time and say, I get it. Um, we were asked to, to basically leave a co-op <laughs> after my son was asked to leave kindergarten. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not always an easy road to find community. Um, but yet there are people that want to, like Don, to create those environments, to help other people create those environments so that you have the ability to find community that's supportive. So, um, so yes, I would love, Don, for you to share a little bit of that story um, with mm-hmm. us of how how you kind of started this passion growing in you to um, to start helping co-ops create these environments that are for families that have kids with disabilities at homeschool. Yeah. So as you all know, I come from the background of um, working in special education in a public school and then a charter mm. private school now. And so I have several years experience, but 
one of the things that I have heard over the years and specifically is that a lot of families, parents with children with disabilities feel like they have no place for them. There is just no place where they fit in. And even though I would encourage them, oh, join a co-op, join a group. Well, we've tried that. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about that, right? Like why, which part is not working? Right. Is it really the child or is it the situation? It's kind of like mm-hmm. learning styles. Is it the teacher or the way the teacher's teaching, you know? Right. And so... The thing that I realized recently, I was, it was just kind of a God thing. Honestly, it was, everything is in my life. A God yeah. <laughs> I was listening to this podcast. It popped up on my phone. I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> and um, I think I was checking them out one day and then there they were. And they were talking about starting a co-op. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, well, maybe that sounds really fun. Like maybe mm-hmm. that's something I should do, but make it specifically for kids with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So they would have, you know, a place where they can come and feel invited. But my thought was, I don't want it to just be like that. I want it to be for all children, but Mm -hmm. with a knowledge and an awareness of some of the things that we have to think about, right? Right. Some of the things we have to be intentional about, I should say. Mm -hmm. So... So it's interesting because I ended up talking to those ladies that had that podcast and they came alongside and coached me. And so they essentially told me, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have a co-op. And I'm like, what? I'll be <laughs> And so it was like, you should help people who have co-ops hmm. to figure out how to support families that have children. So shortly yeah. after that, one of the ladies reached out to me who had a co-op and she said, you know, I think you could help us because we just lost a family that, you know, her kids both had ADHD or whatever their diagnosis was. And they came in and had to leave because they yeah. didn't work. Mm-hmm. So she said, I think you would be a benefit to us to teach mm-hmm. us to do this. And so that was really when I thought to myself, that's easy peasy to me. <laughs> Create an environment that works for all children, right? Right. Not for everyone. Not for everyone. No, you're right. Yeah. And I, w- when I homeschooled my children, we were in co-ops and mm-hmm. you didn't see kids with special needs diagnosed with any diagnosis in those settings. Yeah, it it has changed. The the homeschool landscape has changed a lot. Um, We're seeing people come in and, you know, and we we saw the shift. Um, It was just a little bit before COVID, uh, maybe a year or two. But instead of people coming in for conferences, you know, saying, well, I've got this child that kind of struggles and what do I do? And now people are handing me diagnosis and saying, what curriculum should I use with this diagnosis? And we're like, whoa, 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 hold back. (laughs) But now there's even curriculum for diagnoses. I mean, that, that has in the last 20 years, it's just been amazing change. Um, But it's, yeah, it, it hasn't always been that way. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a whole nother topic. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where it brought me to this, this place of really like sitting down and navigating that and maybe creating a course for sure. I want to create a course around it so people can have at their fingertips, you know, any kind of information that can support them or even coach and help them. And so that's where my heart is and we'll see where all that leads, but hopefully today can at least give some real, you know, concrete ideas 
Right. Mm -hmm. How you can change that landscape even further and that environment um, for the better for all children. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is going to be helpful, too, if you're just a parent. Um, and you're, you can come in and say, you know, this, these are some things that I really need from a co-op and you can almost, I I would encourage you to interview co-ops before you Mm -hmm. join and Mm -hmm. see how willing they are to, to maybe accommodate before you get in and just say, well, why didn't you accommodate? Um, mm-hmm. Because some will and some won't. Um, and so having that conversation, and I think that's kind of what you wanted to get started on too, Don, was that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, can you dive into that um, mm-hmm. and how important it is and, and who it's important for too? Right, exactly. So I think that if, any, if any, anyone were to say, what would be the first thing we have to do? I would say the first thing you have to do is make a connection with the parent. The parent or the grandparent, whoever is bringing that child, you have to know the story of who that child Mm -hmm. is. You have to have some kind of information. One of the questions I asked this person was, do you have a questionnaire that you Mm -hmm. give to your parents, Uh, some history on who that child is? And she said, no, we don't. Mm -hmm. Well, right there, I think that would be the very first thing I would create and can create for you Mm -hmm. is a questionnaire of the pertinent important questions to ask about a child. Another thing I was thinking about is if the child has an IEP from a previous Mm -hmm. school, sometimes it's a good idea to even look at the accommodations. You don't have to read everything. I don't even think it's always a good idea to know all the ins and outs of all the scores and this and that, because sometimes it limits us. Yes, that is true. Mm -hmm. But having this accommodation sheet is very important Mm -hmm. and it could help you. So you can also have I'm sure the parent wouldn't mind sharing that. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I want to really make aware to everyone is that when parents decide to homeschool their child that has some diagnosis and that has been going through this since the birth of that child, Mm -hmm. this is really hard. This is a really like traumatic experience that they've had Mm -hmm. and it there's nothing like going okay all the dreams and visions that I've had for my child no longer are real Mm -hmm. this is what's real and they're on a daily basis trying to navigate that and make it's a grieving process for a long time until you can come around and kind of see how God is is moving in that and that takes a long time I love but that. it is, it's, it's grief every day. Otherwise. Right. And so if you can come in with that compassion, knowing that this right. mom has felt alone, maybe for a really mm-hmm. long time, obviously maybe the public school has not come alongside as she hoped. And now she's deciding to do this on her own. This person needs a coach. This person needs a friend. Yeah. And someone that maybe can be designated. So I'm trying to say like, Look at the the parents that are like support people in your group mm-hmm. and see if there can be some specific people that have been through similar things and now yes. can decide and be a coach and put an arm around that mom and say, we understand, like we mm-hmm. understand what you're going through in your pain. Um, I worked in a, a program as a director of a special education charter school. And that was one of the things that parents would say to me is you make us feel seen. Mm-hmm. You make us feel held because even though I didn't have exactly what they went through, I went through my own struggles Hmm. with the Mm -hmm. child that I I couldn't figure out how to help and figure out 
right? How to reach that child. And I felt very much alone in that Hmm. and didn't even know how to ask the questions, right? Right. Sometimes we don't even know how to ask for what we need, but we can tell the story. And it's the story, I think, that really matters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's really important. That story is so beautiful and it's so beautiful to God and it should Mm -hmm. matter. To us, even if you're just like, well, I'm just the person teaching art. It matters. It matters. It it truly does. One of our viewers on YouTube said, "Absolutely right, spot uh-huh. on." Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it is so true. We we feel that. Um, and she also followed up. She said, "I tried to put my son in school, and they told me that he has so many needs that he should be in a special school." After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by SPED Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. I was in that same situation. Um, I knew my son was gifted. And yet what the school could do for him wasn't, wasn't adequate. And so you, you bring him home knowing that's the right thing to do, but it's like, you know, I'm just surviving every day and now I've got to find community. I've got to create my own community because, (laughs) um, and it's a tough struggle. I mean, we, I I was talking with Heidi St. John last week about, um, and community and the importance of it. And so this is a really great follow-up this week. Mm -hmm. Um, because, because a lot of times we leave with the question, that's great that I need it, but now how do I get it? (laughs) And yeah. Let me speak to the other side of that now. For the yeah. person that's running a co-op or the group that's running a group. Mm-hmm. So you're probably saying, well, this child has too many needs and they don't fit into this situation. Right. The same as the school would say. Yeah. But the problem with that thinking mm-hmm. is that it's conditional thinking. Yeah, it's so built much. on yeah. expectations that are not realistic for any child. Mm-hmm. The purpose of a co-op is for community is for celebration of what we're learning and why why we are here. If you have a little guy sitting in the back doing a squishy ball during the whole lesson, and that's all he does, Mm -hmm. it matters. It does. He's there. I'm getting chills. Mm. He's there. He's gleaning. He's building relationships. He's being seen. He's seeing the world around him and how people are – I'm still going to cry now. Ah. (laughs) Um, it's a big thing for me and, um, being a child that never felt seen, that's, that was my story. And Mm. so it's really important to me that are seen. And even though he's not sitting there doing the pen and paper thing, if you're doing too much pen and paper, you're doing too much pen and paper. Right. Because not all kids do that. And I'm going to get off on my trail and learning styles and all that. (laughs) But I'm just saying to the person, don't worry about that. That doesn't matter. What matters is that they're there. You have a mommy there that needs to be loved, that needs to be cared for. Her heart is precious. She's Mm -hmm. been through trauma. She's still in trauma. And to come alongside and be a hero in the lives of that family to say, our arms are wide enough. God's arms are wide enough. Exactly. Pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. I 
And so true. And there's so many grandparents now too, that are, are homeschooling and they had never seen themselves in that situation, um, that they would be raising their grandkids and homeschooling them. And, um, and so that's a whole nother dynamic and being able to accept them as grandparents versus, well, you're not the parent. And so how do we fit these people into this co-op? Just kind of be thinking outside the box to all of these situations that, that come about that, um, you can really show a family love. You can. And it is love. And you don't have to have all the answers. Now, I would say there are some things to be aware of, like we're going to talk about today, Mm -hmm. that can make this process go smoother. One, the very first thing is love the parent or the the person, you know, that's bringing that child. Mm -hmm. Second is lower your expectations. Stop thinking everything has to look like one way. And I'm coming from a teacher. (laughs) teacher and I'm telling you when I became a teacher of kids with learning challenges that's when my whole life changed and I thought how do you reach them how do you connect how do I connect with them how do Mm -hmm. I build intrinsic motivation so that they'll want to learn they'll want to show up with everything they and mm-hmm. so that's the thing. If we're we're thinking about the long-term goal, like what is the long-term goal that they finish this piece of paper right? and they write their name and they answer all the questions correctly or that there is a hunger built within to continue learning, to learn right. about learning and to learn mm-hmm. about thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a completely different shift to let's just get through this curriculum versus let's prepare this child for life. <laughs> it's, it's very different and, and to have those long-term, long end goals versus just the short-term day, daily and weekly, you know, out to the end of the year. And then you're off to a new teacher and you're off somewhere right. else. Um, yeah, that child is a person. <laughs> and and exactly. no matter what setbacks they have, um, yeah, they are they're going to achieve where you set their goals for them. And um and yeah, that's I, I did so think very important. This other idea that so so think about this. You have a parent, she signs up, I'll teach the math class, you know, so mm-hmm. she comes in and teaches a math class, and all of a sudden there's little Sally there who's you know, I don't know, throwing pencils or jumping on the desk or whatever, Mm -hmm. thinking, I didn't sign up for this. What my thought (laughs) is, is that those teachers, those temporary teachers that come in and volunteer to do a class, they need a support system in place. They do. Yes, very much so. Because they were not taught how to teach other than just they have a passion to teach and you want to encourage that passion. But you have to you definitely have to be have create a system to keep Correct. that in place. Yeah. Because yeah. there isn't going to be a lot of gifted teachers coming into your co-op. There's a lot of parents who want to serve and exactly. yeah. But they don't mm-hmm. have those experiences and they don't know. And, and it right. may feel very awkward for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know sometimes people feel awkward if there's a child in a wheelchair and mm-hmm. they don't have speech or language and, you know, they're only typing or they're, thoughts, but how do you, what, how do you engage with them? Right. right. All these nuances, these little tiny things. And I'll just say to you, if that's you today, be yourself, mm-hmm. be like you would be with any child. Yeah. Cause they are any child. They are. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they have this special situation, they are any and every child. So yeah. 
you know, if you would, if you would hunch down and kneel down besides their wheelchair, then do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just do it. You know, I remember days of riding on the back of wheelchairs. I was young, I was young then, but those were the old <laughs> Let's go for a ride, you know. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. So I think like the overall group, the overall people right. in charge need to have these systems and this awareness and this intentionality in place. Yes. Yeah. We aren't just going week by week and, and saying, Oh, that's great. You know, well, we made it through the week and now, you know, just, no, you got to plan out further ahead. Um, And I think that's good for the overall health of the co-op in general anyways, not just for creating support systems for families that are bringing in kids with specific needs or learning challenges or um, maybe even behavioral challenges, which a lot of people don't see as, um, you know, when a child, like for my son, it was sensory issues. But of course, how he protected himself when the sensory issues got overloaded was he would just lash out. Well, then they saw it as a behavioral issue instead of the sensory issue. And um, so again, that's where that training comes back in place. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's, there's just so many things. So as far as let's, let's go through some things that um, like some some tips, helps um, mm-hmm. that can happen in both the, the classroom as well as maybe even the overall space um, mm-hmm. of where you're meeting to kind of help create that environment that you yeah. were talking about. Okay, that's awesome. Yes, environment is huge and it's important for every child, but mm-hmm. especially kids that are dealing with some internal challenges or physical challenges, obviously. Um The one thing that I like to do is think about it, you know, like you're saying sensory, like having this can be for any child. Seriously, you don't have to go. Well, that one goes back there. A sensory space for that child or a place it can be inside or outside where they can go when they're overstimulated or overwhelmed or there's too much information coming in all around them. Where can they go? Where can they go to be? quiet to to kind of self-regulate right well not kind of but to self-regulate absolutely um, maybe a space in the back I know when I was a teacher there was always a space for movement because I did a lot of movement Mm -hmm. classwork with kids that let's go back and get out the jiggles it was called a brain break or a movement break Mm -hmm. really essential and again I keep saying all children but especially children, not even especially. I really believe this for all children. I do. Yeah, I do and too. So I don't want yeah. to separate the two because they mm-hmm. really go together. And that's the problem that we have is we see the separate thing like, oh, yeah. how do we do that? Well, we should be doing that for everyone. Mm-hmm. Your child can get up and come to school with a bad day. Do you want to yeah. go over there and sit in color? Do you want to go over there and do some squishy balls or you know, do some mm-hmm. circles with, you know, slinkies or whatever. Well, you just don't know how kids that we call normal, um, how they're dealing with some of those stresses that um, a lot of them internalize them or have, you know, some coping mechanisms that maybe aren't as productive as they should be. <laughs> um, and and so you're helping them without really understanding how you're helping them, but still okay. you are. And well, so I think that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah creating some things. So some of the things that I first like to say is be aware of the environment. One, Mm -hmm. are there weird smells in there? Are there weird sounds? 
How about the lights? I cannot yes. tell you how many years I taught with the lights off because mm-hmm. I believed that there were kids in that room that could hear that little oh, thing yes. mm-hmm. in that light. And I couldn't, but they were being impacted by it. And when I turned it off and put a lamp in the room and had soft music playing and just created this beautiful atmosphere with plants and artwork, Mm -hmm. they were so calmed by that environment. It's really important that we take note of that. So if you see a a child beginning to kind of get agitated and through movement or or sounds or whatever Mm -hmm. they're doing, take note of what's going on in that environment. Yeah. is there a weird noise outside? Is there, like I said, the lights bothering them or the smells in the room? Mm-hmm. Those are things that you can control. Yeah, and you absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You Even if that. you're renting a space, you can, you yeah. can, like you said, turn the lights off. Um, right. That's right. just not using something you've been given. Right. Um, you can always rearrange the room, put it back in the place before you leave. I mean, yes, it, it, it may be a little more work, but yeah. the payoff and the the lessening of the struggles you're going to have, it's so much worth it. <laughs> exactly. So even like when I think about smells, don't do candles. Don't do scented mm. candles. I will highly recommend you don't do that. But you can do some essential oils like mm. lavender. Lavender, yes. And, mm-hmm. um, I know there's another one, too, I wrote down. It's like I always use lavender because lavender mm-hmm. is gentle and it. And it seems like a lot of kids really like that smell. One of the things that this is easy, you can move this from place to place, is having a bin and pre-planned specific tools within that bin. Oh, yes. And I love Uh it. You can call it the you know, the happy bin or the quiet bin or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You can have manipulatives for teachers. You can have pencil grippers, stress balls, colored pencils, Mm -hmm. Uh, glitter pens, plastic overlays for kids with dyslexia. Mm -hmm. You don't, you can just get colored plastic overlays Hmm. from the, you know, the the supply store. Right. um, Yeah. And, and use those in books and over papers Mm -hmm. takes away the glare and it's a calming space for their eyes not to jump around so much. Mm -hmm. Modify some work ahead of time. Um, one of the things I used to love to do was take a piece of paper and fold it in half, and they just work on one side at a time. Uh, yes. Be overwhelmed That's- by the whole the whole thing. You'd probably work right. fours. Yeah. And I know all these moms out there are probably thinking about a hundred more things that I can't even say. <laughs> Share those ideas because I want to know too. Yeah. And then um, the big thing is like really always having your glasses on to pay attention. When a child is becoming overwhelmed yeah. or overstimulated by like sometimes constant chatter, hmm, like mm-hmm. just talking too much, that yeah. can overwhelm a human. It can overwhelm me. <laughs> <laughs> so I turn the podcast off. I'm like, I'm done. I'm good. I've got it up today. But the same thing, pay attention because you can prevent them from hitting a ceiling. Yeah. And if you notice that kind of like they're not paying attention and they're mm. looking for something to distract, take them outside for a little walk. Right. Take them outside for fresh air and let's look at the trees and the birds and what's the weather like today or yeah. say nothing. Sometimes that's even really good. Hmm. Um, also that, you know, allowing for frequent, frequent breaks. Yeah. Um, the smells we did that, the outdoor classroom, as much as possible oh, yes. outside. 
And I will say it again. If you have a child that's like this, while you're over there talking, don't take that personally. I used to say that right. to all the time. Don't take it personally. Please don't. Hmm. Personally. They're listening. They're taking in what they need to be taking in. Yeah. And you can trust that. I know, but we have to learn how to read and we have to learn how to write. You do. And it will come when they're mm-hmm. ready. That's, that's so that. true. Yes. And it'll be some, most of the time, way later than you mm-hmm. <laughs> want it to be, but it will happen. But you can't make them stress about it either because right. that makes it even worse. It, right. it actually pushes that timeline back. Yeah. And we forget that. We forget that other side as we yeah. can contribute to the, the negative end of that as well. This one, next one is kind of something I had to learn to do. It took me a lot of years. I'm not naturally organized. I'm naturally curious and, and uh, I love invention and playing, having fun. So I'm not naturally organized. I don't know if you want to hear that, Peggy, but it's true. <laughs> but, um, but one of the things that I think really helps everyone, all children, is like a wall in your room, a poster or a whiteboard where you place mm-hmm. the schedule. Oh, yeah. Your kids know what's coming next. Hmm. This also, without knowing this, and review it. Review it in the morning. Today, we're going to be doing this for 15 minutes. We're going to be doing hmm. this. It sets the stage for what is to be expected versus is this ever going to end? Am I ever going to get to go to the bathroom? Am I ever going to get a drink? Right. Am I, I'm starving. Am I ever going to get to eat again? And hmm. it takes away all that overwhelm of knowing, mm-hmm. okay. At eleven fifteen, we get a break. Yay! Okay, uh huh. That's yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. So you can also have a visual wall for mm-hmm. what we call a calming wall, too. Oh. So yeah, you can use what, what? What would you say is an on a calming wall? Uh, what would you put a, on there? A calming wall can be so much fun. You can you can have this, bring it up, put it back every time. You can do this on a big cardboard box or something and just tack it up on the wall. It could have textures on it. It could have photos of Hmm. things that are calming, like an ocean or animals. I think animals Uh, are always delightful to look at. So the purpose of this is say you're in a room and the the mom and dad is teaching the science lesson and little so-and-so is like, I'm done. My brain's overstimulated. Uh Then I have something to look at and focus on. And it kind of gives mm. little dopamine happy hits, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to interject here because this just came to my mind. Something I yeah. used to teach and talk to teachers about, gen ed teachers, was when your kiddo in the room starts reacting, and some kids will talk a lot when you're right. talking. This is mm-hmm. like the number one irritant of everyone, right? <laughs> Oftentimes, that's not a bad child. That's not a child that's like, I'm just going to talk and I'm rude. And they're not. They're not. What it is, is sometimes they're overstimulated Hmm. with all the information that just went into their brain. Yeah. Now they need an opportunity to get it out. Hmm. And that's how they get it out, through their mouth. So I would recommend highly frequent breaks where kids get to look at the other kid and say, tell tell your friend, your neighbor. Mm -hmm what you just learned. Okay. Uh, yeah. It brings me to another thing that our kiddos that come into these groups should have a buddy paired up with them immediately. I forgot mm. that mom and their child. Sorry. I forgot that. I knew I'd forget that. No. And- well, this is good timing though for that, because I think we're talking more of the classroom environment and the kids. Yeah. Um, and, and it is good to have somebody, especially for a child like that, mm-hmm. who 
doesn't reciprocate all of that. So you have another child who's much more calm in, in nature yeah. or maybe yeah. who doesn't talk at all because maybe they're a little shy to pair yeah. them up with a child that talks too much is actually they'd encourage each other. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah. So, so you give opportunities for them to talk it out mm-hmm. and share with their friend and you know, who cares if they really talk about what they just learned, or maybe they're going to talk about something else, but they need that opportunity to release that tension in their body. This is a real thing. Parents, that's for you too, because you might have one of those little talkers at home and you're like, Oh my gosh, when's he going to stop? (laughs) (laughs) I always wanted to talk. I was the talker. So they were more the, I'm just going to, process it by myself. And I would be like, what, what happened today? How was school? You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, the other thing I would really highly recommend to the parents is come to school with a binder for your child. So mm-hmm. a binder is a place where they can have some of their supplies and the things that they like, maybe their squishy toy or their fun mm-hmm. eraser with Mr. Wiggly on the back of it, or, um, just, you know, tissues and the things that they need, you know, a bottle, right. a bottle of water, um, just that's basic. And we all know that. Yeah. And everything's you know? accessible and it's yeah, yeah kind of all and, in where the child can find it and grab right. it and use it immediately. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and I love this. I saw this once a parent did this, they had a picture of the family in the binder Hmm. So when they were, you know, separated or in a different space, they always had like a, you know, a little picture of their mom or their siblings and their mm-hmm. dog, you know, things like that, things that were comforting to them. Right. right. I just thought that was so cute. That's probably a kindergarten thing, but I love it. I would have it. I have it. Hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, we have it. And so also in that binder can be the schedule cards. And mm. as the schedule is happening, the child can flip the card oh. or move it to the back. And now they know, Oh, we only have three cards to go. Hmm. So, you know, and the teacher can even say, move your card back, move your card next, or she hmm. moves the card on the board. That's another suggestion. Yeah. Um, any, want me to keep going? How are we doing? Yeah, no, you know, that's really good. Um, but, but having that communication, like, I think we're going back to almost like systems of the co-op and and having you know you have that consistent schedule usually every co-op has you know this is like first hour this is where you know where everybody is in second and how can we make that so it um so that schedule is is comfortable for everyone and that we have enough transition time and you know all of those things that um that yeah, that we we don't often think of. It's just like, oh yeah, that's that's the way we naturally do that. One of the so. things I want to talk about too is how do we engage that child mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. on a different little bit of a track or is processing differently or has behavioral issues? How do we engage their mind, right? How do right. we intrinsically okay, wait, somebody went right. away. Yeah, but, no. I am trying to erase something, okay, but it's worries. not working. <laughs> um, one of the ways that I could get any child to engage, even, and I used to have this little kindergarten who would like to stand on top of the tables, right? Mm-hmm. How do I get that child on track? How do I bring him back to the group, right? Yeah. One of the ways is movement, movement. And my mm-hmm. favorite, I had two things I used that were my favorites. One was a puppet. 
too bad I didn't bring him on here today. He's in a, he's sleeping in another room. I had this puppet since my daughter was little. I used it in homeschooling with her. And the second thing is a ball. Two really cheap hmm. tools you can use. A puppet is great because the puppet can talk to the teacher about what are we supposed to be doing right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Yes. I know. I don't mm-hmm. you know, because I saw you doing other. So now I'm talking to the puppet. I'm mm-hmm. not meeting anyone. I'm not, you know, pointing out anyone's name. I am yeah. interacting with Mr. Puppet and I have lamb chop. I don't know if anybody. Oh, just- yeah. Actually, it's funny. I just published an article for um, the HEAV conference. I'm, and I actually referenced that exact puppet because I use that with my son. <laughs> okay, Peggy. Torn. I wish I would have mentioned that to you. I would have, I would have brought lamb chop in. Well, I mean, I would love to create like a whole video on how to use puppets because there's such a magic. I have the most amazing stories where kids were like, no, he's real. No, you, you can't, you can't do that. Lamb chop uh-huh. doesn't like that. And like, they were, forget me as a teacher, we had to take care of lamb chop. And what did lamb chop think about how we're learning? Hey. And I remember lamb chop telling the kids, I can't learn my ABCs. It's too hard for me. And, uh-huh. and the kids were like encouraging him, you know, so puppets are amazing. Balls are fun because you can get the group up where they're standing or sitting mm-hmm. and toss the ball and ask a question. And it's quick, right? A song, music, they find, they're finding all this brain information around soul connection, self-esteem, and music in children. If you're trying to get a message to a child, do it through a song. I literally have a sister. She's 60 years old. She said, Dawn, if you ever want to tell me anything, because you know me, I'm a coach and I like to tell people things. She's like, tell me in a song. So Mm -hmm. you bet your bottom dollar. I'm looking for songs for her all the time. Like, how would this song be? You know, and (laughs) her for where she is. And I said, Mm -hmm. instead of me yakking at her, because she doesn't, she doesn't get it through my yakking. music. And so I thought, you know, that's a powerful thing to remember. If you're doing the ABCs, if you're doing, you know, the states, you know, of America, United States of America, memorizing states, do it in songs, use other modes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It leads me to multi-sensory. Mm-hmm. multisensory because that's where I always go. Your program <laughs> should have multi-sensory approaches. You should have the visual, mm-hmm. you should have you know, the kinesthetic, the hands-on, the auditory, yes. minimal auditory, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's a difference. Like, I know in our assessment, we find out if a child is auditory, that's one thing, but they can also be an auditory verbal. I may have shared this with you uh, before. Hmm. Yeah, What's I think- an auditory verbal? Do you know? I can't. I know. I'm going to put you on the spot. An auditory verbal learner is one that learns by saying it back out okay, and hearing their voice say it. So Mm -hmm. moms, try this at home in your homeschooling to figure out if, is my child an auditory verbal? If your child, if you're teaching them a concept and they're like, chances are they are. So what you can do is say, can you, can you tell me now? Pretend I'm the student. Pretend you're teaching me and you're the teacher. How would you tell me that? Mm. And so it gives them that opportunity, not just to talk, but to hear it again and remember it. And now it becomes 
in, you know, within them and meaningful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny because, yeah, I can think of a lot of a lot of kids that probably have that label (laughs) or that learning style. And be annoying. um, I've had many kids, many teachers say he belongs in special ed because he talks too much. Hmm. Mm, I don't think so. That's not a reason. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's just different ways of, of learning. And, mm-hmm. um, and if we don't accommodate them all and we just don't even know what kids are just, you know, barely getting by, um, that we wouldn't say have a disability, um, that could benefit from, from all of those things. And there's so many curriculums now, there's such good curriculum out there that, and a lot of them do provide extras. And we, we sometimes we want to rush through and get, you know, the lesson taught, but the extras are what ground that lesson. And we forget that. Um, It's so important, important. especially with this online learning and Mm -hmm. you guys, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not, there is a time and a place for it. And there are some amazing programs out there. There is a time and a place, but there has to be a balance. If you're just putting your little guy in front of a computer all day, let me tell you, he is not getting a whole lot of that. Very small percentage is he learning, really learning. Real learning comes through experiential experiences. Mm -hmm. So, okay, but you say, but I have to work all day and I can't watch him and I can't interact with him. That may be true. But what you could do is figure out, preview what he's learning online and create some learning opportunities around that. Okay, right. I make sure he does have manipulatives. I want to make sure he creates some cards around taking notes. How is he doing thinking maps? My most favorite thing in the whole wide world is a thinking mm-hmm. map. And I know not all children are visual learners like that. I've only had a couple in my life that say, I don't like that. I don't like mm-hmm. that. It felt messy and overwhelming. So they mm-hmm. wanted linear notes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, notes who does lit okay and And so I had to learn too I had a lot Mm -hmm. to learn even around learning styles so that's why we like to look at the child's personality as well not just how do they learn but how do they think about Mm. how do they think about learning how do they think about themselves and then of course that emotional intelligence piece of knowing and I think that comes from knowing who you are in God and knowing mm-hmm. who God is. And my most favorite line is God is God and you are not. And that yeah. if you can just rest in that and know that he's got you and he's got this situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, yeah, over, as we get older, we learn more and more how that's true. <laughs> so I know one thing you really wanted to, to, to talk about was games. I want to make sure we mm-hmm. hit that. And then we've got some questions from viewers that I want to make sure that we hit on as well. <clears throat> so what I want to say about games, and, and I use those extensively throughout my teaching experience, you, you will never know the power the magnitude of the power of playing a game with your child. Mm -hmm. It's really sad because we've kind of moved away from that, right? We've moved to the TV or the, the computer games. I don't know. My kids are all from that gaming generation. So when we get together after Christmas, all we did was play games (laughs) for weeks. Let's talk about vocabulary, communication, Mm -hmm. connection, memories, right? 
And then mm-hmm. learning, reading. Oh, I'm practicing oh, yeah. reading. I'm reading out loud. I'm comprehending, right? All those yeah. skills, you know, I mean, even if you're, you're doing Monopoly, you're thinking yeah. about money, how to use money, right? How to count out things. So the, the power of games just for critical thinking skills, mm-hmm. which is another biggie in my tool bag that I want to always process. Like I don't talk at kids a whole lot. I'm talking at you guys, but I like to ask kids questions. Well, what do you think about that character? Do you think that's yeah. fair? What does it mean mm-hmm. to be fair? Mm-hmm. Is God mm-hmm. fair? Right. And so yeah. questions lead to questions. Mm-hmm. Seriously, my children were tormented. Yes. And some of them are still traumatized from the times I would stop the home picked movie and go, what do you think <laughs> about that character? Is that a good person? Or, you know, or what do you think? Where's he going? And can you come mm-hmm. here? Mom, can we just do it at the end? You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't do it a lot, but I did do it. And because I was trying to capture the moment of right. the questions of learning, right, of values mm-hmm. of what really mattered about processing, not just taking in information, but thinking about. Right. Yeah. 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 It's good to stop because it it teaches a habit, too, for our kids when they're you know, watching movies or reading books to, to ask those questions. Cause we, we've become such an information absorbing mm-hmm. society that we don't ask questions anymore. We just accept everything is true and we shouldn't, <laughs> we should say, why, why is this making me think this way? Or, you know, is this the way I should be? Let me, can I share my pet peeve to the world? Sure. When kids go, <laughs> last pet peeve, when kids go, how do you spell that? Or what does this mean? Instead of going, I don't know, you tell me. Mm -hmm. Or for spelling, what is the first sound that you hear? Right. What's the next sound? Even if they get a part of that word, Mm -hmm. they're thinking about their thinking. They're thinking about this word spell versus just give me the answer. Uh So as a parent, teach them how to break it down. Just like mm-hmm. you would, right? If you're trying to spell a big word and you're writing something, you're like, how do I spell that? You know, you right. spin it out and you listen mm-hmm. to the pieces and the parts. So that's kind of a pet peeve I have. I don't know if that was nice to say or not. But I know you all mean well. Well, but it, I, it does make us think, you know, we we because it's it's the short term versus the long term result. You know, can right. we get our kids the answer and give them the spelling? Yes, but long term what is that going to lead to? It's just going to teach them that I need to just look it up on my phone versus can I think critically? Yeah. Critical thinking. And and yet at the Um, same time, you don't want to frustrate them. Right. Exactly. There's there's a a line and eventually, (laughs) yes, they probably will have to check it at least. Um, Cause I I don't know. Sometimes you spell words the right way and they still look wrong, (laughs) but (laughs) that's yeah. Just the way it is. Now we have spell check. I know. Well, I don't even have to do spell check. All of a sudden, Google just lets me know you spelled that word wrong. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So we had some questions come in from from viewers ahead of the show. Mm -hmm. And um, so I thought we'd we'd go through some of those. The first one was, um, what's the best way to find a co-op? Do you have an answer to that one? Um, You know what? Yeah. So 
I would, you know, you can Google it. <laughs> you can Google co-ops in my area. Mm-hmm. And right now what I've noticed is there are amazing websites for even co-ops and there's information yeah. you have to usually reach out through email. There's mm-hmm. not always a phone number, but you have to do a little bit of work also through if you're into Facebook, if you're if you're not into social media, I completely understand that, but Facebook is one of those places. You're going to find lots of groups, lots of field trips, you know, all those things. So even if you only create an account for that, um, it is, and Heidi St. John and I were talking about that last week too. It's just the place that homeschoolers are. It is. It is. So Mm -hmm. that, and then of course, word of mouth, you know, any other friends, but I really liked your idea about trying to maybe go visit it on your own or ask Mm -hmm. questions. And maybe even after this podcast, you could even, you know, just do some of these things. Like if they don't have a questionnaire, have a little summary of a bio that you write up on your child and you share Mm -hmm. a little bit about my child. And I just want you to have an idea, put a photo on there or whatever Mm-hmm. And you don't have to put last names, just put their first name. And then just say, I'm really just wondering if this is a space we could call home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Starting the conversation. If they don't start it, you start it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Be, be um, yeah. A, you know, advocate for your child. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So had um, Kate O asked um, the best way to keep special needs kids socialized while, while homeschooling. I know we've been talking a lot about co-ops, mm-hmm. um, but there are other ways mm-hmm. to keep your kids socialized as well. But um, co-ops are just one of the many. And I think a lot of times when people start homeschooling, they're like, I got to get into a co-op. And then like right now, I've had many parents say, they're all closed for the year. What do I do? So mm-hmm. this kind of answers that question. <laughs> what do they do now? <laughs> I do have a suggestion with that because it was kind of my situation is I had a very good friend who also homeschooled her children. She had four. I had three. So that's like a almost a baseball team. Mm-hmm. And we would get together once a week and do art huh. and yeah. history. And we would do, mm-hmm. we were doing like a classical approach, like a very informal kind of school board approach but we would we would do these art videos and then we would like do the art lesson together and things like that and we would do field trips together so even though it wasn't like a whole co-op right that's how i started actually you could find one person and even on a facebook group say hey i live in this area is there anyone who would want to get together just meet at the park and play Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a great thing to start with. And then, you know, you guys all can bring snacks or an activity. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So you can, oh, and I just say, if you're going to the park, bring magnifying glasses and little tweezers where you can cre- collect creatures and pods. <laughs> and I'm a nature girl. So, you know, anything where you can take it home and go, Ooh, let's learn more about this flower. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep that curiosity going. Definitely. And yes, it does not take a whole classroom or, you know, hundreds of people to create a community. It, and I, I've shared this story many times on the show is, you know, I had two other families and I would like, um, every time we moved to a new community, we've homeschooled in multiple places. And so I always had to find my, my people fast because I knew I needed the support. And so I would be the one, you know, showing up for the first homeschool day going, okay, 
whose child actually accepts my kids and mm-hmm. could we have an invite for and and create, you know, some sort of um, support or at least have them over. Um, so, yeah, it like mom dating, you know, you're like, which family's mine? <laughs> um, That's so but, great. That's a great yeah. idea. Not everyone is that brave, yeah. but remember you're your child's advocate. God Absolutely. created you to be the parent of that beautiful child. And mm-hmm. no one, no one can do that. Now, eventually I know there's another question coming up that I'm pretty excited to answer, but um, yeah, just making those connections and Absolutely. you can even get on, a homeschool group in your area and say, does anybody want to start a co-op? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Cause there are, I'm sure there's, there is somebody yeah. that's going to say yes. And, and start small and, mm-hmm. and just grow from there and learn. There's podcasts out there now that can teach you. I know one in particular that can teach you how to do it. And mm-hmm. I would love to come alongside and coach you to do that too. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. You see a need and you fill it. And um, that's how things happen. It's just how this happened, (laughs) you know, so you just never know where it's going to take you. Um, Yeah. One of the other questions was from Deborah and she said, how do you handle bullying in a Christian homeschool co-op? We know what happens. I love that. I love that question. Um, First of all, I, uh, and please forgive me if I'm hurting anybody's feelings. I don't even know what it means to be Christian. I mean, you can say you're a Christian. I could say I'm a Christian. We live a totally different life. I lived my life as a Christian for a very long time. And when I look back on it, I was like, was I a Christian? Mm-hmm. Like there are some, there are some things, you know, I'm not proud of. And I'm like, that is not what I consider Christ follower lifestyle. So mm-hmm. you cannot assume that everyone has the yes. same heart for God that yeah. you have, number mm. one. Never, never assume that. So if, I'll tell you right now, if you're walking in with expectations of this is not the world and it's going to be different and we're safe, mm. you need to like- Everyone's a sinner in you, need of a yeah, savior. Everyone's a sinner. Everyone's <laughs> a sinner. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, because you showed me this question before and I really thought about this. First of all, bullying is wrong. There's no room for it. There should never be any room for it. Mm -hmm. When a child is being bullied, usually they're being bullied by a child that was bullied. Yeah. And I used to say when I worked in the public school that teachers were the biggest bullies I ever met in my life. And that bullying began in the classroom. I know that's a huge Mm -hmm. statement. It's unfair for a lot of people, but I saw a lot of it. And it's why I walked away, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, I couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. I was going to, I was going to act out on it, but uh, it was rough. Like, I'm like, these are my kids, you know? These right. Yes. Chickens here. So how I would handle bullying in a Christian homeschool is one, I would prepare my child. Mm. The best I, can. I would help them to be resilient humans of God, that they would know from the very earliest ages who they are. Mm. Who mm-hmm. they that they are the child of a living king, that they were created in the image of God. And there's going to be a lot of people out there who don't mm-hmm. like them. Yeah. And you will be born into the enemy's world. Yeah. Born into yeah. So true. And you mm-hmm. have to pick up your armor and you have to, and I will say mamas and daddies, your armor is prayer over that child. Yeah. Bullying will come, but it will also give you opportunities to speak life into your child, to help Mm. them be more resilient, and to have compassion 
for the child that is hurting them. Hmm. Because yeah. that child was bullied and God only knows what their story was, right? All of our yeah. stories matter. All of us. Mm-hmm. All of us. Yeah. yeah. And play together. Yeah. But that was, that was, um, so just a sneak because no one can fire me anymore. I used to do this in the public school. I would, I would talk to little kids about, do you know who God is? And they would mm-hmm. say, no, no. And I said, well, God made you and God mm-hmm. loves you. And he has a purpose for your life. And this was speaking mm-hmm. life over children in horrific life. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to mention their stories here, but to, to what else could I give them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the most important thing we can give them is that assurance. It's an assurance that this world is not the be, you know, it's not the end. Um, and, and there's, there's more, there's way more. Mm-hmm. So we had a couple questions about record keeping. Um, one that was sent in previous to the show um, from Courtney was, how do you generate grades for a high school transcript? And then how do you calculate GPA? And I want to follow that up um, also with one of the comments um from one of our viewers, she said, I'm having trouble recording my homeschooling. How do you document um, sporadic learning? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so anyways, both of those, I, I think, you know, the, the bigger question is how do you grade? How do you, you know, how do you keep track of stuff? Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty certain that, you know, it's not the same for everybody, is it? Mm-mm, mm-mm. So, you know, I have a school and one of the things that we do, and this is really fun. I just was doing this with a little seventh grader the other day. Like, what do you think your grade should be? Hmm. You know what you've done this whole semester. Right. What do you think your grade should be? And he gave me the grade and I said, that sounds good. Hmm. So I say, have the conversation with your child before the beginning of the year. Like what grade do you want in this class? Mm. If we're studying math this year, what are you shooting for? Put it on that. Mm. I want an A. I want all A's. Okay, cool. What does an A look like? Uh, Yes. But just in Mm -hmm. case, what does a B look like? And you know, honey, we don't go past C's. So what would you say a C would look like? Well, I would just do the home. I wouldn't do the homework. I would just do the daily work. A B, I would do the homework, the daily work, and then some research on algebraic expressions. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know <laughs> and then, you know, you guys discuss that. And then mm-hmm. when that semester's over. So that's one way. I That's the way we do it. That's the mm-hmm. way we are a private school. As far mm-hmm. as record keeping and transcripts and um, records that you want to send off to colleges or whatever, understand that when you, you know, if your kid is doing dual enrollment in high school, school with a college, you don't have to worry about transcripts and all that. Right. It's already in there. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, um, so you can create your own documents. I know that that's one thing you can also hire a, an organization like myself that creates the documents that keeps them. Like we have kids all the time years ago that went to Solomar who were, I just had an email the other day. Hey, can you send my transcript over to this college? And this is five Mm -hmm. years later. Yeah. So, you know, there's even jobs will request them too. So when they've graduated from high school and come around again, yeah, there's some, there's some nice thing in having a little umbrella, you know, somebody who's keeping watch for you, who's holding records, who's, 
you know, especially like with dual enrollment, they're mm-hmm. agreeing that you can take those courses and they're signing mm-hmm. off for you. I don't know how that works without that. And then um, what was the other question? Um, the GPA and, mm-hmm. you know, of a lot of these, because I did all my own record keeping and a lot of the free downloads, actually even on our high school page, if you download some of the free ones, the transcripts that we have on there, they calculate it for you. It's all built into the sheet. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so that's super, wow. super easy. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, before we leave, though, I, you had an offer for our viewers and I want to make sure yes. that um that we share that okay so, so what yeah. is that and so so Lamar academy i'm also a coach besides being the director and owner of that school i'm also a coach and i work with families who are just trying to understand their children a little bit better how do they learn how do they think and trust me they're all different but you already know that i have three and um so i have an online assessment and it is a uh, it, it, what it does is it gives you a portrait, a self-portrait of your child. It is a dispositions, learning styles, interests, talents with a whole bunch of strategies for how to teach that child. And today I'm just giving away three of them. So if you guys want those and if once you send me your email I'll, and your child's um, just their first name and what grade they're in. So I know uh, how it's, you know tailored. Um, I'll send that to you. If you want some feedback from me after that, once you get the results instantly, you, you can have a conversation with me as well. Also, if um, your child can only do a few questions at a time, or you have to read them and you have to answer them, that's okay too on those. Yeah. And that email is Don Jackson coaching at gmail.com. And the first, so the first three people to email you um, there. So you're better be watching live because um, you're what, listening to the podcast. I'm sure you probably already missed that. Um, can, I, yeah. can I also say you can also reach me at Dawn at solomaracademy.com because I'm like, I hope that's the right email. But see, that's the one you sent me. So yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Very Thanks. good. So um, yes. And we had one more mom. The mom okay. that asked about record keeping, she said that that was for records for the state. It's going to depend on what state you're in um, as to what records you need to. Most states don't even require any records be produced for them. There's very few. Um, but then you would either have an umbrella school like Don's talking about. Um, oh, looks like my camera was unplugged here. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, you can still hear me. Um but, but yes, yeah, so California, um, yeah. if you're, and I'm from California. So I, I also want to say about records. I know our time's running out is that if you, you have to think about what is the long-term goal? What is my long-term goal? Does this child, child want to go to college, junior college, whatever that is. If you're afraid because of the state, I would recommend hslda.org. And go on there and you can find exactly what's required for your state. They're a great resource. I would say sign up with them. I don't know how much it is a year, but it's worth having them in your back pocket. And I could tell you stories that could make your hair stand up on the back of your head of parents that have been through some scary stuff. One lady was chained, you know, chained to her kitchen table and her child was taken for seven days all because the school didn't get the record that she was pulling him out of school. So they said he was truant and they sent over social services and that's how they treated her. So HSLDA, put that in your pocket. Their website's free. You can go in and look up your state 
Mm-hmm. And see exactly what you need for all of that record keeping. Yeah. Yes. And even on our website, if you go into getting started, um, we'll send you directly to your state organization that can give you specific answers on what's required. Um, So all of that's out there and um, and broken down for you and pretty understandable um, verbiage instead of giving you the law and telling you to kind of try to figure it out. Um, A lot of those organizations want to make sure you're following the law. They want to make sure that homeschooling stays legal. Um, In Colorado, um, it's um, Homeschool Colorado. That would be the website to go to. Um, And yeah, so I can quick find that. Um, But but thanks so much, um, Don, for this conversation. I think it, it has been really, really important to have. And, um, and yeah, it's, it, um, it's, I'm, I'm just praying, you know, as we have these conversations more and more that these resources would become more and more available to our families. I think, um, my conversation last week with Heidi St. John, she said, you know, if these resources and places were in place in -hmm. every state, we wouldn't have people going back to the public school or, or saying, you know, I just can't homeschool. There'd be more people saying, I want to homeschool because these, I, I have the support. I have what I need to, to make this successful. So just last yeah. note, if I could say anything, don't do it alone. Don't try it alone. I tried it alone. It was a disaster. It was, I mean, it was beautiful, but it was a beautiful disaster. Some bad things came out of it. Please, please don't hire a coach talk to me. I'll talk to you for free. And I charge a lot. No, I don't. But you know what I mean? (laughs) Profile, you know, there is a charge, but not for you today. Mm -hmm. But just don't do it alone. Reach out to your community, talk to people, get to know people because it's a, it's, it's a lot and it can be overwhelming, but it's so possible. Don't try to recreate the classroom in your home. It's never going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Just not. And you really don't want it to. <laughs> no. Or you'd still be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it I'd still be work. there. If it worked. I'd still be there. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Don. And um, we have some really exciting news coming up with Sped Homeschool. Um, and Don is going to be part of that. But I um, I'm not going to announce anything yet. But just to know that um, we have some things changing and I'm super excited about um, where God is leading that um, just to give you some more variety and um, to to really hit on some hard hitting topics that we need to address um, as a community and to give you the resources that you need um, and and the encouragement. And so um, so just know that that's coming up on the show Um, next week. We are in the. I'm sorry if you were waiting for this broadcast to be about um, time, um, sorry, boxes and going with your child's um, energy level. That got rescheduled. Actually, we haven't even set a date now for the reschedule. So that is coming up in the future. Just hasn't happened yet. But um, next week, um, we are going to be talking about science. Um, Mm -hmm. Science at Home, a homeschool parent's guide to integrating STEM into everyday life. Making science like part of your life versus out of a school book. It, it is everywhere around you. And our guest has some um, great ways um, for you to be able to, to, to really be thinking about that. Um, thank you all for joining us and um, for joining the conversation. And, um, and yes, God bless to all of you. 
Thank you, Don. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And um, I look forward to hearing how those those free consults go that you've given away. And thank you for providing that for our audience. Um, You're welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yep. Take care, everybody. And we'll see you next week here on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Bye. take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.